Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Brawn Body Health and Fitness Podcast. I'm so glad that you're tuning in today. Today, Brian Hathaway joins me on the podcast for the second time this year, and today we're talking all about archery, specifically shoulder health and performance and longevity for archery and those interested in shooting their bow. We go over a lot of different things from causes of shoulder pain while shooting a bow, all the way up to exercises that can be used to help strengthen the shoulders and promote longevity for competition in archery or for hunting. So this is a great episode, and as you might know already, I think the world of Brian, and I highly recommend you check out Brian and his clinic, Peak Performance Physical Therapy, especially if you're in the Owego, New York, or Southern Tier, New York area. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Brian, welcome back to the podcast. I'm super excited to have you on today. Let's go. (laughs) So for people who aren't familiar with you, maybe they didn't hear your first podcast with me. Would you mind kind of refreshing their memory on who you are and all the awesome stuff you do up there in Owego? Uh, Brian Hathaway, owner of Peak Performance Physical Therapy and Tioga and Summit Fitness Centers. Uh, Been in the profession for, oh my word, we're going to say 32 years now. It's a long time. Uh, and for those who are archery and bow hunting enthusiasts, uh, that definitely is my obsession. <laughs> I like how you call it an obsession. Um, I also like the 32 years of experience because, as you know, you've been practicing longer than I've been alive. Um, That's great. Thanks for the reminder. <laughs> I mean that in the nicest way possible. <laughs> yeah. Um And naturally, I can speak to your ability um, on the archery side of things from one being in your clinic and seeing the amount of archers you treated, but two, just seeing your ability to fix my own bowstring that I thought was a lost cause. Um, You truly have a (laughs) gift when it comes to archery, uh, both on the hunting side and also in the ability to craft your own bows, your own strings, and even your own arrows. Uh, Yes, that is uh, something that has uh, always interested me. I am a traditional archer, so I shoot a long bow. I have made what's called a self bow. I've made a laminated bow. Uh, Those are time consuming, you know, and I have to pick and choose how I want to spend my time. And I would rather spend my time shooting as opposed to crafting. Yeah. So where did the obsession for you start? When did it all begin? Uh, started from my father. My father shot a long bow. And when I was two years old, he put a bow in my hand and I started shooting. As simple as that. (laughs) As simple um, as that. And yes, and it just, it carried through. I mean, I probably shoot my bow 46 weeks of the year, I would say. My goodness. And that's with a torn labrum or a torn rotator cuff, nonetheless? Yeah, with both. Both. Even better. Um, (laughs) Right. And that's something I want to get into is how can someone with all these torn things all over the place still shoot a bow, uh, let alone a traditional style bow, which has probably a at least a 50 pound draw weight, if not more, um, because as you know from your own experience, bow hunting has some pretty intense physical requirements, especially the traditional style. I mean, if we compare it to a gym exercise, I can't imagine many people would be able to go into the gym and row a, say, 70-pound dumbbell and hold it steady for 8 to 10 seconds while they line up a perfect shot. And oh, by the way, if you're just slightly off, you could be walking home without filling your freezer that day. Yeah, that definitely happens. I mean, 
Here's the challenge. I think sometimes we let our problems dictate what we're going to do, but we should focus more on our dreams motivating us as opposed to what we can't do. So I have shot my bow right-handed and left-handed. So I did have shoulder surgery about 30 years ago. They scared me. They said I wouldn't be able to raise my arm over my head by the time I was 40. So I'm like, well, I'm not going to let that stop me from shooting a bow. So I learned to shoot left-handed. As it was, the surgeons were incorrect. I could lift my arm over my head when I was 40 and uh, could today shoot right-handed or left-handed. And ironically, I prefer to shoot left-handed. My form tends to be a little bit more solid uh, than it was right-handed. But uh, I wasn't going to say, oh, well, I guess my archery career is done. My passion's done because I'm going to have shoulder problems. I, I was, wasn't going to let that happen. So you mean to told me that you found a way to make something happen instead of finding an excuse <laughs> to just hang it up and call it a day? Yeah, That's not focus, like you at focus all, on Brian. the solutions and not the excuses <laughs> is, is, is a tough thing. And I, I think for archers in different uh, waves of life in regards to, okay, are we in our 20s? Are we in our 40s? Are we in our 60s? And we're still shooting. And there's a difference between shooting a compound and shooting a traditional bow. And for those that want to know, you know, conditioning for it, we can get into that. And the number one thing is you do have to shoot your bow. I mean, we talk about specificity of training. And if you're going to be an archer, you better be shooting your bow. Uh, and typically, if you're shooting for conditioning, you shouldn't be working on your accuracy. The mind does not do well doing both at the same time. Uh, it's the same with any sport. If you're working on your form in basketball, you're working on your form. You're not worried so much if the ball is going into the hoop. You're worried about ingraining that automatic response so you can do it the same every time. Right, right. Going back to that specific adaptation to impose demand. But in order to do that, we first have to understand what the activity requires. So while I'm sure many people have seen the bow and arrow or can mimic a basic shot with their hands, they probably haven't thought a whole lot about what goes into holding a bow, pulling a bowstring back and holding it steady while you line up a good shot. So from your standpoint and your experience as a PT, what have you seen uh, as far as movement wise that goes into the shot, what goes into holding a bowstring, pulling it back and the whole process of uh, making a successful kill? So typically most archers, experienced archers will understand that it's not really a static position. Uh, even when you are at full draw, you are still pulling some and you are still pushing some, whether you're shooting a compound uh, or a traditional bow. So we can try and mimic those exercises simplistically. And we wanted, well, okay, what's the best, you know, is doing the bench press better than doing a push-up? Well, if we think about it, maybe not, because the push-up, we've got the distal aspect solid. Uh, and so we can do adaptations in a plank position where we have our arm, our bow arm is bearing the weight, and then the free arm that would be pulling. And again, we're pulling with our shoulder blade muscles, our a lot of the archers will refer, hey, it's your back muscles. You know, you're not pulling with your bicep. You're not pulling with your wrist. And when the string is released, typically your arm, your your string arm, there's a follow through where the, the elbow goes slightly backwards after the release because you're continually pulling. I think it's seen, especially with your Olympic archers that are shooting a recurve, 
if you watch their form when they release, a lot of times their string hand will come back and touch their shoulder after they release. So we've got pulling on the string side, we've got pushing on the bow side, and we have to put those together, obviously, in the plane they're going to be used. And that goes to, okay, so number one, we can shoot the bow, and uh, number two, what if we can't? What if we have to rehab? And where do we go from there? Right, right. Um, so that that is, like you said, assuming that we can even pull it back, which obviously each bow is going to have a different draw um, weight and even draw length, which should always be customized to you as an individual, right? Like, I wouldn't want to be sitting here shooting a 27 inch draw length bow when I know that I sit more at like a 31 to 32 inch draw length. Um, so all of that stuff probably goes into it as well, I would assume, correct? That does go into it. I think a little bit more so if you're shooting a traditional bow, you have to be a little bit more specific. Um, you know, take a look at, well, look at Brandon's draw length. You know, he's six foot six. His draw length is going to be different than mine at 5'10". That comes into play with the traditional bow. I'm not an expert with the compounds, but some of my buddies that shoot them, obviously, some of them shoot a 32 and a half inch arrow. And so um, you can't just go out and, and buy a bow and buy some arrows and go out and shoot and expect to have some success. The arrows need to match the bow. They need to match, hey, <laughs> what you're doing in regards to drawing. Uh, and that's all. That's a whole other discussion outside of, you know, talking about, hey, let's have some healthy shoulders as we do this. Uh, right. Get right. On a big tangent with that. Yeah. And uh, we, we've talked on the arrows matching the bow once or twice in the past. I remember. Yeah, we have, yeah. <laughs> Speaking from experience there. Um, so say someone can't pull the bow back, say they're getting pain or maybe it's just weakness. Um, what kind of things are you looking at from your standpoint as a physical therapist when someone says, hey, you know, I usually shoot my bow this time of year, but now I can't do it. So one of the things that's going to happen if they're having difficulty drawing the bow, then we have to take a look and see if they're having any impingement. Because typically as the archer brings their elbow back and they're they're using those scapular muscles, uh, we can get some uh, you know internal impingement going on. And if that's happening, they're not going to be able to draw their bow back. And um, would, would you say that people have a good, um, I guess the catchy term is mind-muscle connection to those scapular muscles? Or is that something that you feel the you know postural dysfunction and all these other trendy terms that we're throwing around for diagnoses um, would be impacting as well? Well, they're going to impact because what happens is it, typically most shoulder patients that come in don't have a specific, oh, you know, I fell down, stretched out, and, you know, there went my shoulder. Something that sneaks up on them. And, and that's where the problem is. When it sneaks up on the archer, they'll start accommodating uh, you know, developing those new pathways where all of a sudden their form starts changing and they don't realize it. You know, they may be putting their elbow up too high. They may be putting it down too low, uh, changing to just try and get the string to its anchor point, whether we're shooting a compound or whether we're shooting a traditional bow. Right, right. Any specific muscular involvement or muscular weakness that you tend to see in the archers that you treat outside of the scapular stability? Well, 
we're going to see some deficiencies with their external rotators, I think, are going to be number one. And sometimes, uh, you know, you get some irritation in the bicep as you're getting some impingement. Uh, number one, we want to start working those muscles where they're not duplicating the impingement. So, you know, maybe we're modifying the row. Maybe we're doing a prone row, you know, putting them completely against gravity as they're doing it and educating them on, you know, hey, we want you to squeeze your shoulder blade as you're doing the movement, which is exactly what you do when you shoot your bow. You're squeezing your shoulder blades together. Uh, uh, I think you feel that a little bit more when you have constant tension through the draw. Uh, but some of my compound buddies, you know, they they have that same follow through when they release their elbow goes back a little bit because they had that good back tension. Right, right. And that's referring a lot to the uh, hand that's drawing the bowstring back. How about the hand that's holding the bow? Um, would that be something that could get fatigued over time? Or is there anything that would attribute to weakness or difficulty maintaining a fully protracted arm position? Uh, yeah, you know, you're actually you're going to see some similar things. Um, I've had patients that uh, if their bow arm, if they have problems with their rotator cuff and they can't get into that, you know, abducted position at 90 degrees, uh, uh, they can't handle the resistance there. So there's that aspect, too. And going back to 32 years ago, 30 years ago. I thought that was going to be me based on what the surgeon said, that you're not going to be able to raise your arm up. And I'm like, boy, if I'm not going to be able to, to hold that, that, you know, I'm going to have to change. And uh, so, you know, in severe cases, if you really are passionate about the sport, well, then you do that. But uh, the static, I think, is a little bit more challenging when you're holding that bow because you are continuing to push, you are continuing to protract uh, as you're feeling that force come into it. So it's more of a dynamic stability at the shoulder where kind of everything gets involved to kind of keep that position so you're on on your release. So how would you go about training that or improving that? Because dynamic stability in that kind of position is not something we often see in PT clinics. I mean, you walk into most and you're lucky to get some band ER, IR with your arm by your side and some sideline rotation. Right. Well, the first thing that we do is I like to get patients on an exercise ball and have them start crawling out on it. So they start getting some weight transferring through the shoulder and they're you know, having the weight on the ball is a great progression because as they feel more stable and stronger, they go out and there's your perfect dynamic stability, if you will, a little bit of a, you know, a jumbo shrimp. We put two words together, don't seem to belong together. Uh, we have some movement, but we have some stability there. And as we progress, then we don't use the ball. You know, we start putting more and more weight on it and then we can go to a lateral plank then important, we start adding movement of the draw hand. So we go into a lateral plank and we can be doing a row with a TheraBand or we can be doing a row with a dumbbell. If we want to be specific with our training, the TheraBand would be more specific with our training because typically, especially your traditional archer, the further they pull the bow, the more resistance they're going to get. And even our compound shooters, though, first few inches that they're pulling the bow, that resistance is there. So it's not like an idle weight that stays the same through the range of motion. Right, right. I love that progression. And that's one that I've seen you implement time after time 
And uh, it seems like your patients just love doing all these amazing <laughs> exercises, right? Yeah, typically that's not the word we would use, but uh, I think they love that they're entertaining us. Um, and at least still so far, you know, we have that wonderful thing that we say to our patients, well, if we can't do it, you don't have to. So, you know, <laughs> but, but I'm smarter, you know, I'm going to demonstrate one, make them do 10. Uh, but uh, that, is a, that is a great progression. And again, you know, we're still monitoring symptoms. You know, we do not want an uh, increase in symptoms. I don't care if it's hard. I don't care if there's fatigue, but we're trying to retrain those stabilizing muscles. And it's a great progression until we get to that lateral plank. We can stay in a front plank and we can do those terrible ITYs with the opposite side. So, hey, we're engaging the scapula as we're weight bearing continually through that uh, uh, stable arm. And you just stay up late every night thinking of new ways to torture people, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Now, you mentioned uh, something in there about how, you know, we're constantly monitoring symptoms. But, you know, I think it's important to note that even if you don't have pain or you don't have difficulty drawing your bow, like doing these exercises is still a beneficial thing um, because it's probably going to help you with the overall longevity and your ability to do what you're currently doing for a longer period of time. You know, I think that strength is the kind of physiological unit for longevity and the more strength we keep in your shoulders, uh, the more healthy, I'll say, they'll be long-term for you to continue to perform at a high level in a sport like archery. And I would imagine it would probably even further enhance your performance in the moment, too. Well, sure. It's just like anything. If you take a look at your elite, elite athletes and uh, are they <clears throat> practicing their sport, let's go with basketball, they're practicing their form but they are doing strength and general conditioning to keep them at the peak of their game. And when we look at archery, we can assess, okay, here we have a problem with the shoulder, but what happens when we don't have a problem? So here being at 55, I'm still shooting a 60 pound longbow like I have basically forever. Uh, probably when I was in my 20s, I shot 65 pounds. Uh, but you don't continue to shoot 60 pounds unless you continue to keep your shoulders strong. And we're talking general shoulder health. We want range of motion. We want strength with our stabilizers. We want strength with our movers. And if you want to enjoy the sport, you'll do the work. So you can enjoy it. Uh, yeah, I, in August, I shot in a competition and uh, the guy I shot against was shooting about a 38 pound recurve and I was shooting my 60 pound longbow. And uh, he thought I was crazy, but I told him this is what I hunt with, so this is what I'm going to compete with. Again, it's that specificity of training. Dare I ask if you won? Uh, I did. Glad that had a happy ending. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad um, that had a happy ending too. Yes, um, uh, but it was it was a it was a an endurance shoot. It was six rounds in one day, uh, single elimination, and uh, I would say that physically I was in better shape. Uh, not just in shooting the bow, but in overall, because it was in it was in the Catskill Mountains. So it wasn't like we were on the flat. Right, right. You mentioned before about building up endurance and volume with shooting the bow. And you mentioned that's something that, you know, accuracy doesn't really matter as much. You just want to get the repetitions in. So is that the kind of thing you typically have the archers that you work with go out and basically just set up a big target and just repeatedly shoot arrows into it or... So that is that is one aspect. We, I mean, we have to remember at some point in time, we do have to actually practice the accuracy of our shot. That is not the time to be practicing with endurance. Um, 
So, you know, we have to say, okay, so let's say I'm doing sh my shoulder workout on Mondays. So if I'm going to shoot on Mondays, maybe I shoot before I do my shoulder workout. And maybe that day I'm shooting for accuracy. And if I'm a traditional archer with no sights, that's different than if I'm a traditional archer with sights or a compound shooter with sights. Uh, you you have to be a you have to have that muscle memory a little bit more when you're shooting quote unquote instinctively, uh, but I do tell my archers especially if they're rehabbing a shoulder injury, they are not allowed to pull the string back and then let the string back in without releasing it. There is so much more tension on the shoulder when you are letting down off of your draw than when you release the arrow. Because of the eccentric control from that oh, position? Oh, big time, big time. So interesting thing. So with my traditional archers, I had put a video out a couple of years ago about this is one of the best ways to train conditioning wise is you draw back, you're going to hold two, three seconds, but then you do that four second slow count in. So you're working those eccentrics to get that strength gain. Um, and then you have to take a look at well, what are you doing? Are you a competitive archer? Are you shooting hundreds and hundreds of arrows? So you need that endurance versus are you, you know, a big game hunter and you need to shoot once, you know, there's a difference strength component and endurance component. And for strength component, I can shoot a 60 pound longbow because I'm not going to go out and shoot, you know, 150 arrows in a day for a competition because that's not what I do. Um, based on what your goal is with archery, as you mentioned, whether it's big game hunting versus competition, that would determine your overall volume of shooting, right? So some people, you might have to go out and shoot three or 400 arrows a day, and someone might go out and, you know, their high volume day is shooting 30 arrows in one day. Correct. And that's, you know, again, it's going, what's what's the archer's goal? And then let's take that one step further and say, okay, what's the preventative medicine? Okay. Because really we should be talking about, okay, let's keep our shoulders healthy. We want to continue to shoot until maybe they put us in that wooden box. And if that's the case, we want good blood flow to the shoulder. We want good range of motion. We want to keep our strength. And it's fairly simplistic with what to do. And it only takes once to twice a week to do it. So if it's something that you love, you need to start doing it because time will fly by and pretty soon you're like, hey, what's going on with my shoulder? So the shoulder health is is critical. Right. And as we've been talking, we've honed in a lot on the shoulder, uh, but are there other components that could come into uh, the sport of archery? Could something at the elbow or the wrist and hand be at play? Or could there even be something, say, at the neck or the thoracic spine that could impact a archer's ability to shoot accurately and perform at the level that they want to. Uh, yes, all the above. <laughs> it's all it, it's all included. You know, we're we're keeping things simple. I think that if we're talking preventative medicine, typically we're going to look at uh, the the shoulder region. But in rehabbing anything from the neck down to the fingers, uh, I mean, typically what you'll see on the the uh, draw hand is you'll get golfer's elbow. Okay, not necessarily if you're using a release, but if you're shooting with fingers, hey, we're working that flexor compartment. And next thing you know, you're like, well, it's not tennis elbow. It's, well, let's call it shooter's elbow. Okay, uh, it's the same thing as the golfer's elbow. And that can that can be really, really difficult for any traditional archer, whether they're uh, a, a bow hunter or just an archer. And that sometimes is an overuse thing. 
and that overuse thing is going to vary in the individual, I'll say. Um, as we were mentioning before on volume, someone might be able to shoot hundreds of arrows every day before they start feeling those overuse type component uh, type symptoms, where someone else might shoot 10 and they start to feel them. So um, the individual factors are certainly at play with something like that. Sure. And also is their prior conditioning. You don't want a new archer to go out and shoot 100 arrows. You know, even if physically they can, those repetition is what's going to lead to that breakdown. And it's like any progression uh, with any type of weightlifting, shooting the bow can be the same way for a new archer. Definitely. Any unique or very noteworthy cases of archers that you've seen or something that just didn't fit the general run of the mill, so to speak? Probably that golfer's elbow was a little bit of a surprise because it's typically not something that we see and it was directly related to the shooting. When I was going through the history, it's like, well, what's causing this? What's going on? And he's going through everything. And I'm like, well, tell me how. And he said archery. And I'm like, well, you're using a release, you're using fingers. What are you doing? And he's like, no, I'm using fingers. And sure enough, that was the culprit. And it was challenging to reduce this. Uh, he ended up getting a cortisone injection. Uh, we had to work big time eccentrics with it and then gradually increase the amount of arrows that he was shooting. And I think it probably took about eight months for complete recovery. I'd stayed in touch with him, and, and but uh, now he's back to shooting without any issues. And why it developed, who knows? And speaking of, you know, individuals who have really overcome the odds through you know a long-term committed dedicated process as we alluded to earlier you've got a labrum tear in one shoulder and a torn rotator cuff in the other and yet you're still shooting a bow pretty well i'd say uh, especially if you won that competition earlier so how how are you doing that like most people when they say hey you know i've got a rotator cuff tear they're they're not even lifting their arm how have you come up with a way to continue to do what you love despite structural dysfunction, I'll say. Uh, it's it's the preventative medicine. Uh, I did five years ago have an MRI with an arthrogram that did show, you know, a full thickness tear in my supraspinatus on my string side, so the drawing hand. Uh, and if I'm not keeping everything else around that area strong, I'm going to develop impingement. Um, so... My first shoulder surgery being 30 years ago, you know, I wasn't very intelligent the first 10 to 15 years because I would stop doing exercises and before you know it, symptoms would return and it's like, oh, I got to do these again. And, and now you get a little older and wiser. And it's like, you know what, this is a lifestyle change. This is what I need to do for the health of my shoulders. Uh, and, you know, whether I'm playing tennis with my wife uh, or, you know, demonstrating shooting a basketball for the, the teams that I coach. If I don't have good shoulder health, I'm not going to do that. So there's very specific exercises that I do. I do do eccentric exercises. I do eccentric exercises with my bow as well. Uh, at times, if I'm shooting a 60-pound bow during my on-time season, in the off-season, I'm pulling 70 pounds. Uh, I'm not shooting. I'm pulling, I'm holding, I'm doing the eccentric work. So I'm keeping those muscles primed. And when I go to the 60 pound bow, it feels like this is a piece of cake. But, uh, you know, as you continue to age, that strength thing, that just wants to, that wants to slide on you a little bit. 
Right, right. Well, the <laughs> rotator cuff itself starts losing vascularity in men after age 40, I believe. Yes. Um, so that just makes it all the more important because the majority of the archers that we saw at your clinic there were probably 40s, 50s, 60s. Uh, oh, yeah. Wise. They're not necessarily, you know, you're fresh young 15 year old by any means no we i don't i i don't know if i've ever seen really any 20 or 30 year old uh, archers come in and have that shoulder impingement or that rotator cuff uh, deficiency uh, that we see once we're over 40 if i see an archer that's in his 20s he's had an injury you know he he specific he he fell with an outstretched arm or something it's it's kind of rare because of what you just said the vascularity to the tissue Right. It has the ability to heal. And unfortunately, that tends to go away over time. <laughs> yeah. And... How about that? <laughs> <laughs> so don't grow up. That's the big takeaway. Yeah, today, right. right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Brian, for people listening, do you have any kind of closing thoughts, closing remarks, anything we didn't touch on uh, that we missed uh, as we we're discussing archery? Well, I think that uh, maybe after they listen to this podcast, maybe, you know, we could include uh, the ability for them to to click on something to show, hey, these are great exercises for your shoulder health. Um, number one, I think that when you're just taking a look at yourself, if you start to lose range of motion in either one of your shoulders, that's a warning sign. Something's off. You don't even have to have any pain. If you're starting to lose range of motion, hey, something's not right. Uh, and that's typically what can happen as we're in our 40s, 50s. All of a sudden, our non-dominant side, we're like, hey, you know, I don't seem to reach quite as far. And for those archers who want to continue to shoot, like we said, until we're in that pine box, you want to have healthy shoulders. Uh, hey, you want to have a strong core. You know, you it's, it's all connected. But the shoulder health really is that one typical thing that we will see that will stop an archer or bow hunter from continuing with a sport that they love. It sounds like you just hinted at uh, Brandon's next Instagram post for you there. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> so we'll get him on that and we will link to that um, after we post the podcast there. So some awesome exercises to help keep your shoulders healthy for archery season. And Brian, for people who want to find out more about you and your clinic and your gyms and everything that you have up there in Owego, where can they find you at? So they can go to our website at, uh, you know, just Google Peak Performance in Owego, New York. And our website's there. Our Facebook page is there. Uh, we also have a Facebook and website for our fitness centers. Uh, and anytime somebody can contact us through that, if they have a specific question about archery, um, you know, one other thing to think about is sometimes when we don't have problems and issues, it doesn't become a priority to us to keep our body healthy. And really the trick is if you keep your body healthy, you have a lot less chance of having those other issues. Right. I cannot echo that point anymore is the more you stay ahead of the game, the more likely you are to remain in the game for the rest of your life. Um, So we will link to uh, peakptandfitness.com and your social media page, and all of that other awesome stuff in the description below there in case you didn't quite catch it. Brian, as always, it's a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you for your time. Great to talk with you too, Dan. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Brown Body Health and Fitness Podcast. 
If you've liked this episode, please make sure to share it with a friend, subscribe so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes, and leave a review. This way we can spread knowledge and motivation and help reach more people. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you next time.